Heck of a weekend, people. Heck of a weekend. The Detroit Tigers drop a series to the Minnesota Twins. They lose two of three over the weekend. And then they cap the weekend off by optioning Nick Maton down to AAA Toledo. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, June 26th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. All righty. Well, the Detroit Tigers do drop two of three to the Minnesota Twins over the weekend. The thing that is so frustrating about this team, and like, look, I am very much of the mindset, um, uh, like a loss is a loss, okay? But this team... When comparing it to last year's team, there's a lot of games in which, despite the fact that they have the worst offense in baseball, and despite the fact that they don't have, they only have like three starting pitchers kind of right now, in a lot of games, they are still like a swing or two away, right? Like they... I don't want to call it easily because I don't I also don't believe that winning at the major league level is ever easy that that's a, a, an incredibly difficult thing to do and I think Tigers fans know that better than anybody but they very much could have swept this weekend and like that's not what I was expecting I think that that was a recipe for disappointment if that's what you were expecting but this was a a super with their two losses were extremely winnable. They lost by three on Friday, had the winning run at the plate multiple times throughout the game. And then Sunday, I mean, you were literally winning in the eighth inning. Error, and then you know, extra innings, whatever. This offense over the weekend scored in three innings. They played in three games, by the way. And one of those games went into extras, and they couldn't even score the Manfred runner on second. They played in, what is that, 9, 18, 27, 28, 28 innings this weekend. They scored in three of them. I mean, that's brutal. And, like, they only scored, what, seven runs? One, three, three? Seven runs over the weekend? That's not a good number. You average that out to a, you know, per-game basis. You're not talking about a very good offense. But they scored in three innings in a weekend set. And, like, in the same conversation that, that I said, you know, like, this was... A very winnable series, and they 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 not only could have won the series. I, I mean, all you have to do is hold on Sunday, right? But like they they could have swept them. Uh, they they could have. 
They very much could have. But Joey Wentz got one run of run support on Friday. And on the same breath as that conversation, the flip side, there's a legitimate argument they should have gotten swept. They scored in one inning on Saturday. The pitching just held on. Reese Olsen pitched out of his mind. And the bullpen was really, really good and held on. That they, they, they scored in one inning. And not only like was it just one inning and then like, oh, they threatened. Thre-. They got lit up. Pablo Lopez... He had, what was that, the second inning? He gave up three runs? Did he, didn't he? he strike out 10? <laughs> he threw a quality start. He had 40-something pitches and three runs given up, two innings into the outing, and got a quality start with 10 strikeouts. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that not mind-boggling? And, like, surprising is not the word. No one's surprised by this. No one that that has watched this team for an inning over the last seven years is even remotely surprised by this development. But that doesn't make it any less ridiculous. Golly. Unreal stuff. Not unbelievable and not surprising, but just so frustrating. So that's the difference between like watching a lot of this year's team and last year's team, like, I don't even know if that – does that count as, like, a step in the right direction? I don't – a loss is a loss, again. Like, in, in my eyes, a, a loss is a loss. But, like, last year's team, if, if you scored two runs, I mean, the game was over. If you scored two runs against the Tigers in 2022, it was done. That was one of the worst offenses in the history of baseball. This year's team, while still the worst offense in baseball this year – uh it, it it just seems like they're consistently one big hit away. Oh, if they just got one big hit there in the seventh, wow, we could be talking about a win. Feels like there there's double digit games like that already this season. Very thin margin of error at the major league level separates the great teams from the bad teams. Uh, there's a famous quote. Few people said it. Lou Pinella, maybe maybe it was Tommy Lasorda. One of those two fine uh, baseball gentlemen had a quote where they said every team in baseball is going to win a third and they're going to lose a third of their games. And it's what you do with the final third that separates the good from the bad. It's important to remember in, uh, in well, pretty much every season, I guess. Let's talk about Nick Maton. Now, we'll get into more of the individual performances over the weekend later in the show, uh, but it's, it's really probably should talk about Mayton sooner and not save it for the end. It is the most pressing thing happening within the organization at the moment. Uh, right after, and I mean right after, they no time. Immediately following the game on Sunday, Nick Mayton was optioned down to AAA Toledo. Now, I want to say this now, then we'll go to break, and then I will voice my frustrations with the decision. And I know that sounds weird, because you're like, how can you possibly be frustrated? He needed to go down to AAA. I agree with you. I'm not frustrated 
with the decision to send Maton down to Toledo whatsoever. I think it is the right decision. I fully support, understand, and agree with the decision. He's batting like a buck 60. It's almost July. He had what, two errors in this game? At least one. Rough day at the office. Been a rough season. No one should be denying that this is probably the right move. My frustration is with the assumed corresponding move. It makes zero sense to me. And that's what I'll vent about, vent about rather, uh, right after I tell y'all about our friends over at eBay Motors. For a ch- championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know that a part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game one of the Texas Rangers series. Uh, all three of those games, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so Nick Maton optioned. I think I made it pretty clear. I fully support, understand with, and agree that with the decision to send him down to Toledo. Um, I mean, the dude can't hit non-fastballs. That feels like something that you work out at the minor league level develop and then go to the major league level and hopefully the the process transitions to the majors and you're hitting non-fastballs in the majors and then look at that Bob's your uncle okay so I understand that what I don't understand really at all and that's why it frustrates me so much is the decision to make the corresponding move, Tyler Nevin. Now, I want to make this very clear as well. At the time of this recording, about 11 p.m., I had a dinner on Sunday night after the game. 11 p.m. on Sunday, there is still no official announcement from the Detroit Tigers. Okay? It'll probably not come until they leave for the road trip or right before the game even. Um, So the corresponding move has not been official, but what we do know is that right after the decision was made, Tyler Nevin got pulled from the Toledo lineup. Writing is kind of on the wall there. So we're going to go under the assumption that Tyler Nevin is going to be a Detroit Tiger soon. That is absolutely ridiculous to me. I do not understand it whatsoever. And that upsets me because when I have conversations with people about baseball and... I I really try so hard to find 
the point of view of everyone involved, right? If I'm having a debate with you about baseball, I try to understand with your where you are coming from, even if I disagree with you. Because I enjoy the healthy, respectful debate, and I think that it's important, really just as a society, but if specifically we're talking about baseball right now, to understand everybody's viewpoint and understand where they're at least trying to come from, understand the semblance of logic behind what they are saying. Okay? This is a case where I don't at all, truthfully, there, there's there's nothing going on upstairs here for me that that points me to, to, to the direction of, oh, yeah, well, Tyler Nevin makes sense because of this. Not a single one. And I, look, I, I might be getting a little too emotional here, and I might come on the show tomorrow and, and take – no, honestly, no, forget it. I will stand by this. I'm to the point – where this makes such little sense to me that even though I fully support Nick Maton getting demoted, I don't support him getting demoted for the, for the, what at the expense, I guess of Tyler Nevin that does not compute in my brain at all. And I'm not the one calling the shots. So that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But it upsets me when I don't understand, and I don't understand this at all. There is no way you will convince me that Tyler Nevin needs major league at-bats over not only any of the top prospects that we have that are hitting well, Parker Meadows, cough, cough, but again, I will go as far to say, and I tweeted this out, Honestly, you will not convince me that Tyler Nevin needs at-bats at the major league level more than Nick Maton does. What are we doing? And look, this one decision, I, I disagree with Scott Harris on this clearly, wholeheartedly. Very much disagree with him on this. That doesn't mean that I think Scott Harris is the worst GM in the world and that he sucks at his job and that I don't believe in the direction of the franchise and don't believe that we can still have a good team under his his wing, okay? It's one decision in June of his first year. But golly, do I not understand it. Parker Meadows, what, is his OPS over 900 in June? And just fit. Do we really need another utility man that's going to have an OPS under 600? Do we really need more of them? I I mean, genuinely, at least with Maton, we know what we're looking for. Every time he steps in the batter's box, we go, you know what? If he can hit a curveball here, this guy could actually become a pretty decent major league hitter. And at least he knows when he's in the box what he has to do to be on this team long-term. Tyler Nevin will not be here in a calendar year. He won't. It's not personal. I'm sure he's a great dude. That family is a a baseball royalty family. But what, what are we talking about?
it's 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 mind-boggling to me, truly. I I, I do not understand. I, and I'm going to say I do not understand a million times this episode. I apologize, but golly, I don't. And, and and if you want to play the mental gymnastics of like trying to explain to everybody every single prospect and why you don't want them in the majors, you know what? I I, I guess right. Justin Henry Malloy had a had a rough May. It, June has been better than May, but not as good as April. Okay, I guess we'll wait until. I guess we'll wait, right? I mean, we just talked about prospects literally on Friday, right? That's what our episode, our our show on Friday was literally a prospects update. So we can go down the line and, 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 you know, Andre Lipsius hasn't hit. Was it lefties very well? Henry Malloy, same thing. Um, But like Colt Keith. I'll wait on that one. (laughs) I'll wait on that one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and again, back to fit. That's what I, I had an ADHD moment there. But like, back to to fit. Are you telling me this team doesn't desperately need a lefty with any sign of of like competence at the major league level? And oh, there's no log jam in the outfield either. Two of the guys you got playing in the outfield semi regularly are naturally infielders. I'm pretty sure Andy Abanez had never played left field before he was a Tiger. Zach McKinstry, second, third baseman. I, you don't need Tyler Nevin here. You don't need, oh, well, you know, he's, we, we need a third baseman. You have eight dudes that play seven different positions. No, you don't. And that's all not even getting to the fact that Tyler Nevin so far at the major league level this year is batting like what? Like a a, a buck 50 or something like that? It, it truly just does not make sense to me. And I, and I would love nothing more for Tyler Nevin to come up and hit, you know, have an 1,000 OPS for the first two weeks after he gets called up. Please. I, I, anyone, I, I would take the water boy if, if it meant that he could hit this lineup is, is, is dreadful to look at at the moment, but I just, I will continue to go back to my original point. I do not understand how you can possibly think that Nevin's at-bats are needed at the major league level over Parker Meadows, Justin Henry Malloy, Colt Keith, and legitimately even Nick Maton. At least he knows what he's working on and needs to work on. It's just going to be easier to work on it in AAA. And again, crystal clear, I fully support and agree with optioning Maton. It should have been Parker Meadows. I'll get really specific with it, not even get too general with it. It 100% should have been Parker Meadows. And it's mind-boggling to me that it's not. 
Okay, let's talk about the rest of the weekend. Um, I want to talk Reese Olsen. He had a fantastic outing. I want to talk about some more individual performances offensively. Uh, then I want to get a little bit into the reinforcements that are on the way uh, because we'll end kind of on a positive-ish note. Um, th- this team, for as as in the gutter as they seem right now and have been in the month of June, uh, th- there's a lot of players that are just like right around the corner from getting healthy again. So that'll be kind of exciting, hopefully – Kind of a nice little, uh, little. I don't know. I'm not going to say a push, but could help this team get back to maybe closer to where they were in May. Uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Let's talk about the games themselves. I know it's the third segment. We're just now getting to that, but I, I really needed to to let loose on the the Mayton for for Nevin decision there that that makes little to no sense to me not even little it makes no sense to me okay we're done talking about that though move on um so Reese Olsen pitched over the weekend and he was absolutely phenomenal uh in his outing on what day was that that was Saturday's game right uh right because it was the three to two victory uh Mayton Mayton Clearly got something on the brain, eh? Uh, Reese Olsen would go five and a third, four hits, one earned run, one walk, nine strikeouts, and the only run he gave up was a solo shot to Carlos Correa. His ERA plummets down to 474. It was over six at one point. Um, he was unreal. And so the the thing I want everyone to pay attention to with Reese Olsen going forward, a very easy thing that everybody can kind of keep an eye on is just command. Uh, because it was very inconsistent at AAA this year. Um, but something that I think was Evan Petzold of the free pointed out before he got called up was that uh, his command had improved a lot in his last few starts. You can just look at, you know, the performances. His ERA was like nine something for like the first month of AAA. And then as they get closer to the call up day, it got lower and lower and lower. Um, so that's something, you know, you can very easily just, just, Try to look at the the command and see that that slider sweeper, whatever you want to call it, it moves so much that it's almost well, not almost like it can be hard to locate because it has so much movement, right? We talk about a similar thing with Jackson Job, so that's something that everyone can kind of look at. But um, another thing that I want people to really pay attention to with Reese Olson is how effective his fastball is. This was an outing in which it was very effective. He got multiple swings and misses on it. And not only that, but it was consistently a setup pitch to the spinny slider, right? Um, But one of the big gripes against Olsen this calendar year, so major league and minor league level combined, is that the fastball has good life. It has good movement. It has good spin. And yet it doesn't, get strikes it doesn't induce strikes he doesn't get called strikes with it he very he struggles honestly kind of mightily to get swings and misses with it no matter where it is and it's just kind of weird because it 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 does have such good life and such good movement on it um not that it's you know it's not the like fully sinker or anything but um it's just it's weird for a guy who can get swings and misses so easily with the slider to not be able to do that with the fastball. And so, and he even utilized the changeup a little bit in this outing. Uh, and it was pretty effective the, the few times that he did use it, but uh, the fastball in this one was great. 
It was located very, very well, almost with precision for the first nine innings. He got multiple swings and misses with it. I think still only two or three, but like uh, that was very much a setup pitch. Got a lot of weak contact foul balls with it as well. And then was able to just go back to the slider, back to the well. And it was a weapon all night that nobody ever figured out. So um, fantastic. I mean, yeah, five and a third, one run, nine Ks, only one walk, like wasn't walking people really was in control and in command the entire game. I was very, very impressed. So something to watch out for in the future. And in this game, something that if you were to rewatch it, you would notice that he did very, very well. Um, the bullpen all throughout the entire weekend, I thought was really solid. I know Chase and Shreve gave up uh, a run and uh, gave up some hits, but really just as a whole, I thought everyone did uh, pretty well. Jason Foley, I know, had the three hits given up on Saturday. Uh, but still recorded outs, still didn't have any earned runs given up to his name. And Alex Lang, four outs recorded on Saturday, four strikeouts. Good to see him get back into a groove. Uh, he also pitched, obviously, on Sunday and did well as well. Um, well, he had two walks, I guess, but didn't allow any runs. Uh, he had first two batters, two outs, then walked the next two, kind of got himself into some trouble. And then again, like if he's just in the strike zone, he doesn't even need swings and misses like every single time, even though he's going to get a lot of those just because of how good he is and how much his stuff moves. But like no one, it's very hard to hit like his pitches hard. Like it's, it's hard hit rate. You know what I mean? Because his stuff just, again, moves so much. So uh, just find a way to get in the strike zone. As long as it's not right down the middle, if it's anywhere in the zone, I'm going to feel pretty good about your chances more times than not, brother. Um, Brennan white, I mean, kind of put in a tough situation there for a guy that's only been in the majors for, uh, like two or three outings to put him out there and extra innings kind of, kind of rough runner starting off on second base, allow some runs. Uh, th that game is so significantly more on the offense than it is on Brendan white. Uh, you know, uh, not even really worth discussing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Lorenzen, uh, fine outing, five innings, seven hits, two earned runs, one walk, four K's. Pretty on-brand Lorenzen outing. Uh, God had one inning of what, like rough command, and besides that, pretty solid. Kind of seems to be uh, like the, the Lorenzen inning. Kind of just has one of those. Uh, and then Joey Wentz, uh, I want to give credit as well. He had one bad inning, the second inning uh, on Friday. But besides that, I thought he recovered pretty nicely, was able to go five innings, only three in runs, uh, four walks, four strikeouts. Again, a lot of the walks coming in that inning, but – um, yeah, I think that he he is certainly could have been a lot worse. And I, I think even a couple innings there, he was kind of cruising. It's all just about how much of the plate is the cutter getting? It's what like 70% of his outings come down to. If the cutter is, is catching too much of the plate, watch out, right? But when it's located well, it's a real weapon. It's just, it's about consistently doing that. Um I think that's pretty much it for the pitching side of things. Reese Olsen, definitely the story of the weekend. Very, very solid. Very impressed. Um, just incredible swing and miss ability. And I hope that that maintains. Uh, the offense over the weekend. I mean, <laughs> golly. We already talked about the team offense. We're not going to go back down that rabbit hole. Let's talk about some individuals. Kerry Carpenter exits the weekend. Uh, I mean, continue. More walks, more hits, more RBIs. Uh, should be the three hitter in this lineup every single day for the foreseeable future. His average is 275. His OPS is still at 820. Just 
consistently staying above 800. Really, really solid stuff. Zach McKinstry uh, had a night, a big hit on Sunday. His OPS is getting up a little bit again. I don't need to repeat to you the same thing I repeat all the time. He's got a hole up and away, and he's got a hole down at his ankles. And that's pretty consistently. If you're spinning it low for a ball or if you're throwing straight heat up and away, he swings and misses every time. Okay, I, I said I wasn't going to repeat it, and then I did anyway. Bear with me. I apologize. Um, Javi Baez is still Javi Baez. Javi Baez goes 0 for 4 with 3Ks on Sunday. His OPS is now 606. We're very much approaching Javi Baez getting back to under a 600 OPS. Maytown, we don't even really need to talk about. Andy Abanez, 0 for on Sunday, but had a couple of big hits over the weekend. Uh, he is what he is. He's going to go on straight. There were, they actually showed a graphic, Bally did, to their credit. Um, it was like his first two weeks, he had an OPS of 1,000. Then his next three weeks, he had an OPS of like two or 300. And then the last week, he had an OPS of like over 900. Like, it's crazy. Like, he he's just, that's just the type of hitter he is. Hit to contact. Free swinger comes with the territory. Um, I don't know. I mean, Jake Rogers has an OPS of 701, but an average of 180. He had a couple of knocks over the weekend. I guess that's a step in the right direction if you want his average to be a little better. But I promise you, if his OPS is in the 700s with the defense he provides behind the plate, no one's going to care how low his batting average is. Um, Eric Haas continues to struggle. He actually had a couple of hits. What was that Saturday? He had a decent game. All right, well, let's end with Torkelson and then get to uh, the reinforcements part of the show. Especially Torkelson had a really rough weekend. Do you have one hit all weekend? Is that what is that what it was? The end or two? One or two hit? I don't know. He's like one of eighteen or two for twenty in in his last eighteen or twenty abs. 0 for 5 on Sunday. Uh, it, it's, it's uh, I mean, we talked about it on Friday as well. Um, and Thursday, maybe it was. So we don't need to go too much more in depth on it than we already have a lot. Uh, but clearly it's frustrating for him. It's obviously frustrating for everybody. It is 100% fair to ask more of, a former top five prospect in baseball. That was a one, one pick. I, I I don't subscribe to the, you know, like, Oh, like you're, you're not allowed to whatever. Like he's been in the league for over a year. There's so many players that not, I'm not even asking for him to explode on the scene right away. Like no one's asking for him to even be like somebody. He's not, no one's asking him to be like Ellie De La Cruz. No one's asking him to be, uh, I mean, like J-Rod last year for the Mariners. Like, no one's asking him at this point to even be, like, some, like, huge explode onto the scene, be incredible, you know, go having a 1,000 OPS the rest of the year. But, like, a league average hitter would be nice. The Tigers don't even really have any of those. They have Kerry Carpenter, who's well above league average, Zach Short, who's around league average, and that's pretty much it. Matt Veerling, around league average. Shout out. And, you know, I've also been one of the more patient people with Spencer Torkelson, for sure. And a lot of people remind me of that often, which is fine. Um, One of the reasons why I have been more patient with him is because 
the at-bats as a whole haven't been frustrating. Hear me out before you get mad and, and leave a hate comment. They hadn't been frustrating to me. Like, I, I thought that he was working counts. He would hit the ball hard. Uh, there was a few minor adjustments I thought he could make and, and et cetera, et cetera. The last week, I think his at-bats have been brutal. Like, he's chasing. He hasn't even really been chasing, really at any point in his major league career. Like, he hasn't been chasing too much of anything. We talked last year, he was too passive at one point. So, like, he, uh, the last week has, I mean, he's chasing out of the zone. It's, like, quick ABs. It's not even any more of, like, the, oh, here's, like, a seven-pitch Torgelson at bat that leads to a pop-out, which are still frustrating, but, like, it's not even those anymore. Like, the last week, and, and especially the last, whatever it is, 20 plate appearances, I mean, this weekend was was really, really brutal. He struggled very mightily, was not picking up the ball very well, uh, had one single up the middle that was decently hard hit, and then had one hard hit fly ball to the outfield on Sunday as well. But outside of that, just a lot of, of, of really poorly executed at-bats. Now, I don't have an answer. I don't have a secret formula. If I did, I'd be paid a lot more money and would probably work for a baseball team. <laughs> uh, well, if anyone could, actually, they'd be working for the Tigers right now. The people who, whose job it is to help can't even figure it out. Frustrating stuff. All right, let's talk about reinforcements. We're going to end on a little bit of a positive note here. Tigers have been struggling. No surprise to anybody. Obviously, June has not been nearly as fun as May. A lot of injuries happen at the end of May. Um, it is looking like they might get some reinforcements here in July, whether that's right before, right after the All-Star break. I couldn't tell you. Not a doctor, very infamously. Uh, but that is very exciting, and I am going to take comfort in that. Uh, whether that's delusional or not I don't really care I'm going to take comfort in the fact that Riley Green is like returning to baseball activity uh he's been running uh like the the, the hitting and 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 playing catch and whatever is never a problem it was always like how quickly could he run again he's running sprints uh it sounds like they they're relatively close to putting him on a rehab assignment and I can't imagine that that will be too terribly long for him Eduardo Rodriguez threw a live BP uh, against Riley Green, actually, and it was he threw 50 pitches, had great velocity, great movement on everything. All signs are pointing very, very well. So it sounds like he'll begin a rehab assignment relatively soon. He'll probably start off in West Michigan, then get a couple in Toledo, and then be back. Um, and Tarek Skubal continues. He has several rehab starts in Toledo under his belt. Now he's going to be here relatively soon. I would imagine again, around the all-star break, give or take a week. And then Matt Manning, it sounds like we'll be back this week. So the Texas Rangers series is a three game set and sorry, it's a four game set. I don't know why this whole time I thought it was a three game set. They play Monday through Thursday. Thursday's game is two Oh five Eastern. Um, two of those four, are currently TBA starters for the Detroit Tigers. Um, it sounds like Matt Manning will almost assuredly be one of those two. Now, whether that is Tuesday's game or Thursday's game is yet to be seen, uh, but it does sound like Matt Manning will be starting a baseball game in the next five days. So 
that's good. This rotation desperately needs some help. Now, we don't have time on this episode, but I think maybe later this week or maybe even if they're not back. Well, we have an off day next Monday. Maybe that's when we'll have the conversation. But we need to have a conversation about what this rotation looks like at full health because Reese Olsen's been good. Joey Wentz has not. I, I mean, Matt Boyd would uh, presumably get kicked out at full, full health, right? Scooble and Manning and, and Erod all back. I think there's a real conversation to be had there. So we'll probably do that as we get closer to that day of everyone being healthy again. Um, yeah. That's all I got. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out Locked On MLB. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow. I appreciate the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be recapping game one of the Texas Rangers series. Uh, the Rangers, we've played them before. We've lost to them before. Word. Word. Golly, what a weekend. We're going to... We're, we're, <laughs> It's the never. Oh, I just want to win. I really just want to win. We'll get through it together, though. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.